and the sidekick, an eight-month layoff, but we are finally back in the saddle. Jay Sandoz, Mike Gallagher. Uh, hey, Ben, buddy. I can't believe we're sitting here back on the air. The Sandoz and the Sidekick Season 3 premiere. Do you believe we have multiple seasons under our belt and are starting another season? This seemed like the most unlikely of possibilities when we first started the show. I, I, I need the episode count because I'm, I'm pretty sure we're close to being up for syndication. This will be 190. Oh, yeah, we're up for syndication. We could be syndicated. Syndication's 100, right? Yeah. We've almost doubled up syndication. Yeah. Can you be syndicated yeah. twice? Yeah. No. No, but you can't. No. I, like, they double your syndication? Like, you're aired twice as much? as that No, how works? but oh, okay. uh, maybe there's different rules in, uh, you know, China or North Korea that we could get. We needed, like, 200 episodes or something. I'm going to stay away from uh, any talk about China or North Korea always on this show. I don't really think that's something that I want to delve into with you on Santos and the Sidekick. Probably not our area of expertise anyway. That's <laughs> definitely not the area of an expertise. <laughs> I don't know what our expertise is, but it is not that. I can tell you what our expertise was. Bold predictions. Me being a winner. Can we talk about that? Since I can't believe it. I didn't get to really brag about it. I didn't get to brag about it. I mean, it's been eight months. You know, I finally got the win. I was going to be better than you, or he is better than you. Second year in a row, which has got to hurt. No, not second year in a row. We tied the first year, which is why we did a second year. I have half a mind to abolish second. bold predictions this year, especially considering it's, you're bringing it up the very first segment of the show this year. What kind of voting rights do you have to abolish that? I'm not going to talk about that either. No, you okay. really want to go to the political <laughs> section no, I, now. I, I, just like, I, just I like think 2020 has really gotten to your head. Uh, it's COVID. Yeah. Is that fair? Uh, COVID uh, has definitely done a lot to all of our heads, I uh, think. After you've had your nostrils uh, violated several times, you just pretty much forget about Three it. Three times a week now yeah, as we're entering the testing protocol for I, I know the reason I'm at it is because of games against Tennessee and Vanderbilt, and the SEC requires – test three times a week for you to be courtside. So for women's basketball coming up, I've got to do that. Now, the men play Alabama the 22nd, so I'm assuming that's why you're in the three times per week protocol, but also Fort the Myers beach, in about the five beach days. Bubble, right, the beach bubble requires it. And an antibody test. I did the antibody test, too. So, so you so had I, it. That's, uh, no, I, I did the test. I don't know. I haven't got my results yet. Also doesn't tell you anything, I guess, because uh, antibodies are supposed to only well, be All right, right. right. Three, all it months. does is tell me that I did have it at one point if I didn't know it. Uh, but it doesn't tell me when I did it, and it doesn't. Uh, There's also no guarantee that those antibodies are still there because those apparently disintegrate or whatever. After right. Four so months, I, I don't know to me, that's a useless test to go to the tournament because it just proved that I had or had not had it, but it doesn't dictate my other test. So I don't know why the beach bubble uh, down in Fort Myers requires that. Now, once we get down there, I'm daily testing. Rapid testing daily, first wow. thing in the morning, in the hotel. Can't leave the hotel until to get the results back. Uh, so for that 11 a.m. game, 
first thing Wednesday against Abilene Christian. I don't know. Is that like a 6 a.m., 5 a.m.? What would like – you know, 7 a.m., uh, pregame mills at 7, so maybe right around there they'll do the testing and then just... Hope you like early mornings. You're used to that, though. I, yeah, I got, no riser. Uh, I got no trouble getting up early. So, let me ask you this. Eight months ago when we did our last show, and you recall that it was terribly enough now, I don't even like to say it, but it was the last time we talked to Patrick Good, last time he was really heard on air in a blue and gold uniform. That was right after... Steve Forbes, who is no longer here either, had to have the tough conversation with his young men, Bo Hodges, Davian Williamson, some others aren't here anymore. Top eight scorers gone from ETSU men's basketball. He had to break the news to them that the NCAA tournament was not going to happen. And what they had so rightfully earned with a 30-4 and record and a complete domination of the Southern Conference tournament was not going to be given to them. They their auto bid meant nothing because the NCAA tournament was off. The 68 teams that would have participated all were staying home just like every other team that hadn't earned their way to the NCAA tournament. We also had Alan Levine, president of and CEO of Ballot Health, on the show. Uh, that was our most listened to show for a variety of reasons, I'm sure. Not only Steve Forbes, Patrick Good, but also what turned out to be a really uh, dark seven or eight months. And uh, we're not going to talk a whole lot about COVID or anything political, anything along those lines, but um, things have gotten, it seems, to, to be worse. Cases are rising, and basketball season is still on. We hope it does continue to uh, be on. But our most listened to show at that point, did you think it would be eight months until we did another show? You did say at the end of that show, we'll probably talk to you in August, which was a pretty good prediction. And I then mean, we, 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 could, we could have talked in August. About what? Well, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, we, we could have. We were back in the office. We were working. We were trying to figure out the Southern Conference had just made the decision um, to push football and, and most of FCS to the spring. Now, they did allow for one offs and teams to play. As I'm sure, obviously, many fans that listen to the show keep up with Southern Conference. They know what teams played uh, in, in the fall. But basically, that had happened. And then we were waiting on sort of the NCAA. And then we had to talk. You know, well, we could come. You know, we could do a once a week show. But again, so speculation. We didn't know a lot. Now that we've gotten to where we know there's going to be games, and unless something changes, there's going to be games starting next week. We figured, you know, we'll, we'll adjust the schedule accordingly. Um, try to do, you know, a couple of shows a week. It's just going to be different this year, and then hopefully we'll go back to the normal next year, and then we can do the three shows and and uh, get back in the groove of everything. Yeah, we'll talk more about that in the final segment. Second segment is going to be something I like to call working with Jay Sandos during a pandemic. Uh, it's going to be a little bit like Jay knows the English language, except eight months of material jam-packed into about 15 or 20 minutes, step into the Jay Sandos Lounge with the Jay Knows the English Language music, and that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. But Especially because I don't remember any of it, as usual. And I'm, I, eight months. You're right, not, right. Well, all, I, 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 I may. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I may as you bring this up, but I'm trying to, as you say that, I'm trying to think back to, like, any specific tweets or text that I would have sent. And I knew oh, – I, mean, I can't think off the top of it, but I know there – there would be the random something happened in sports. I would see something and just like, man, wish we had that on fell downs or something. But other than that, I can't remember specifically what all I would have covered. I have a 16 things. Oh, my goodness. So prepare okay. yourself. Uh, I just look back at that last show and talking about the cancellation of the NCAA tournament, uh, Alan Levine, 
Patrick Good, of course. We were talking a lot about Steve Forbes in that show as well. And then Bold Predictions, where uh, you did uh, lambaste me in Bold Predictions. I did make it close there at the end, 25 to 22, but you did win that. But I look back at that, and I actually started my prep for ETSU Women's Basketball versus Longwood Saturday, the 28th, in the Buccaneer Sports Network. You'll have three games before that, 25th, 26th, and 27th. First tip time, 11 o'clock pregame, is at 10.30 on the 25th, the season opening day of college basketball. The Bucks will be, I don't know if they're the very first team to play a college basketball game this year uh, at the Division One level. That, but 11 a.m., they got a pretty good well, shot. That, that's right. That, that, that would be the first day that anybody Correct. could play. So unless somebody – You're talking 11 a.m. Right. Early. Uh, unless Mike tipped it off before that. Um, now, there could be some hey, – I'd be curious to see what tournaments may have. That may be worth a look up here. So I caught myself when I was preparing for women's basketball in Longwood just examining the year that it's been. Because you look back to, if you remember the season opener last year for ETSU women's basketball, nearly 6,000 people packed inside of Freedom Hall to see the Bucks take on the University of Tennessee. And you had Erica Haynes-Overton drop 41 points and a near upset for the Bucks over uh, Kelly Harper and her team in her inaugural game for the volunteers, and I couldn't help but just be kind of blown away with how much things have changed over this year. I mean, for women's basketball, you're going to have a completely different site, totally different roster. Coaching staff is completely different aside from Coach Giselle and Director of Operations, Dakota Love. Roster has nine people of the 13 that didn't play last year. Uh, but overall, it is really, in terms of how we're living and, and what we're going to see during the sports season that we haven't had sports, it just... It took me aback a little bit because I think about 6,000 people in any one place right now, especially a place like Freedom Hall that only really holds about 61, 6,200, and it is tough to wrap my head around. Yes, it, it, it's looking at – looking back, and I've actually went back and watched a little bit of the Tennessee game. I actually went back and watched some of the Western Carolina Senior Day game and sort of trying to remind myself of – what those environments because the Tennessee women's game was the first time I want to say probably since LSU came to the dome that I had no working responsibilities once everything got rolling and got to sit in the stands and yell at the officials and everything else that you know fan people get to do um, it was fun I, I, I wish I could do that more but uh, those environments the the feel of that the band just everything around it you know, feels like college. Feels like college athletics. Feels like I don't want to say sports, but it does. It feels like sports. And then as we've set through meeting after meeting this week or two leading up to, hey, only 600 fans in Freedom Hall, only 240 fans in Brooks Gym, and you start looking at the layout and you're and being in those buildings and looking up and going, okay, so there's only going to be a few people here. Skip a lot. There's here. It's going to be very interesting, um, to say the least, for everybody. And I think what we've seen so far in football is teams that had home field advantages, you know, haven't quite – even if you pipe in music, it's it's not the same. The same energy, there's a lot more upsets. Road teams are being able to do more audibles, do everything else. You know, basketball with the communication between the visiting teams, will that be easier? Um, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, is interesting to – that how many times I guess opposing teams didn't realize you could hear the the other team and the chirping and, and all that going and just just different things. But I think sports is built so much around the fan experience and 
in, in especially home games or conference tournament games. You know, Asheville, what if you go to Asheville and they let 10% of the building in as opposed to what we've seen a packed house and, and ETSU in the championship game. And, again, you've got maybe 700 fans as opposed to 7,000 fans. And so I, I think it's going to be an interesting year. The, the only thing I can equate it to is when we play in these holiday tournaments. And I'm curious about the – the Gulf Coast showdown coming up, but we played in Cancun one time, and other than parents and a couple of boosters that made the trip, that was it. And so I remember very vividly Isaiah Brown, the center for the Bucks, on a couple of NCAA tournament teams, airballed a free throw. And I don't remember exactly, but there was kind of like a, oof, well, that was just awful. <laughs> and him turning and looking at me <coughs> on air, and then I'm thinking – well, I'm pretty loud. <laughs> like, and you just didn't, you, you don't think about things that you hear, but especially a free throw because there was no chatter. At least during the game, if there was, you know, an air ball, the coaches are talking, players are talking, there's something. And then we played in Hawaii, 9 a.m. local time on Christmas Day because that's what the people want to do, open up presents at 8 a.m. and drive down to the arena and watch games. So there was like 14 people legitimately because every ETSU fan, and I think it was San Francisco that day ETSU played, Every fan of both teams had left Christmas Eve, so they could spend Christmas Day at home. So we had fans the first two games, at least decent. And then the 9 a.m. local time, um, yeah, there was it was 14 people. I think Sean Farnham was doing the game. He, he actually made an announcement. If everybody – security, please don't stop anybody. But if everybody wanted to come and sit behind the ESPN crew, <laughs> all 14 people, and they would get them on camera. And so they Make did it look that. packed. Uh, so it was, uh, it, it was interesting, to, and will be interesting to see – how it goes because the opening day, and let's just go with home openers so it's at least something known. I have no idea what the Lancers of, of Longwood do normally for a game and, and what the showcase does. I honestly don't know either. But Freedom Hall on December 12th right now is when it's scheduled for the men. It's Brooks Gym, same day, December 12th. You know, what will that film be like considering what the opening day uh, has been for the teams, and, and even with the senior days, which is probably the last memory for each team. Uh, and, and granted, you know, it wasn't quite the attendance senior day for women just because they weren't playing Tennessee, but still playing in Brooks Gym, you know, pretty good uh, crowd at hand going to, to not what you're used to seeing. So I don't know how it's going to look out, how it's going to feel, and how we're going to sound. I think that's going to be interesting too. Uh, is it going to be where we, uh, you know, just kind of talking out loud? Because, you know, you talk, me and you both talked to ourselves for two hours and uh, see what the reactions are from people. Will we have to adjust sort of, uh, you know, how, how we're talking about the game? Will we adjust just the volume of how we talk? Because it's going to be tough for me and you to throttle down uh, sort of once we get into broadcast mode. So I, I don't know how that's going to go. I think you do better with it than I do. I, I tend to just be one volume most of the time. So you, I think, are in a better place than me. I think a lot of the things that you mentioned, good comparisons, but they are one-off things that you kind of expect. And we can expect, you know, as you said, with 600 and some at Freedom Hall and 200 some at Brooks Gym. So we know that that's coming. We just don't know what it is going to feel like and what it is going to sound like and where that energy is going to come from. Because I don't think I realized how important fans were to sporting events until – and you and me are both big wrestling guys. And so I always caught myself being a little bit more into it when there was the big pop, quote-unquote. You know, and that's the stuff I'll go and rewatch on YouTube. Like, there, there's a few specific clips that I absolutely love that you have to watch because it's like it sounds like a team just won the World Series or the NBA Finals at home or a, a Super Bowl if a Super Bowl is on a team's home field. 
and you took the fans away, and they've gone to their whatever Thunderdome or whatever. I, I tried a couple weeks of it, and I just couldn't do it because there is no atmosphere, and and that is what has been, I think, missing for me. I, I honestly haven't watched a ton of live sports since they've been back. I've NFL watched pretty much all of it. Uh, college football here and there, but did I watch a lot of the NBA in the bubble? Not really. I, I might have watched game five or six of the NBA Finals. Was I watching Major League Baseball when it was back with no fans in those parks? Uh, unequivocally, no. <laughs> so there's so much that can be added just by having people in the building, and it is going to be uh, different this year. And I know we just announced, the athletic department did, that fans that can't be in the building for Freedom Hall, for Brooks Gym, getting ESPN uh, Plus memberships uh, for the season, which I think is really cool that the athletic department did. Um I think it's a great make good. I don't live in a world where I think that that is going to feel the same or be the same for those fans. And we're hopeful that things change, right? Like, we still could, at some point down the road, have more fans. I don't think we've said this is a season-long thing. If we have, uh, I would have missed it. Um, I, I think that number is subject to change at any time. So I'm absolutely hopeful that things do um, change so we can have more people in the building that can feel more like a – uh, a Freedom Hall day in Johnson City where ETSU men's basketball is going to be in front of, you know, I guess I'd hope like half the stadium would be on the outer rim of being reasonable to hope for. And uh, Brooks Gym, you can have, you know, 1,000, 1,500 fans for a big conference game. Like, that would be awesome. But I also am hopeful. I'm not expecting. I think that's uh, that's that's the key. I mean, just, just having to – figure out what are we going to do what what is what's it going to feel like you know how will things even look like in february i mean will there be a situation you know later in the year where you know there is an opportunity to get more fans in the building you know is an opportunity in the spring football you know now it's outdoors so you would assume um uh, and they're going to start working on that in about three weeks from now of trying to figure out the seating chart for that but since it's outdoors and most places, just using some SEC teams, um, Tennessee and, and Kentucky, just for somewhat close proximity, Virginia Tech, they've been about 20 to 25% capacity for football. Which have been big crowds, too. Like, that's no small amount of people. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean that's 25,000. Yeah, sure. Uh, now, for basketball, though, they're, they're, they're hovering around the, the 10 to 14%, which is similar to what ETSU is. So, if we're just using similar numbers, if that's the case and you can get 25%, then certainly a, a couple of thousand at, at football, um, you know, it's still not going to be the same, but will be closer, I think, to what basketball is going to be used to uh, when you get in there. Here's another question. Though, as, I, as you were talking, I'm sitting here thinking, over under on uh, me dropping a uh, Wesley or something <laughs> like that and then hearing that. And, and then uh, And then I get a stare down from the opposing coach for – uh, you know, changing his name slightly. I'll answer your question with a question. What is the one coach in the Southern Conference that you wouldn't want to hear have the weird why on the end that you love? And I think it's brilliant as well. Uh, Scotty Padgett is no longer yeah, in the league. Yeah, that would have been that the leader in the clubhouse. Right? <laughs> no 6'8", 280 or whatever <laughs> yeah. he was. Um, and, and he always looked like he wanted to fight somebody. So uh, He almost did get in a fight with the referee when he was in the league. Uh, so I, that's my question to you now. Now, you haven't seen up close uh, the new Sanford head coach, I wouldn't assume, unless you guys are tight and I don't have to no, no. uh So there's ten teams in the league. 
you think about all of them, and Wesley Miller's in good shape. He runs those stairs uh, in the Coliseum before every UNCG home game. Uh, but I don't think anyone's going to intimidate quite like Scott Patton. No, there, there's not a six eight guy. Um, you know, I've, I've got to talk a lot with, with Greg Gary at Mercer, so I feel pretty good he wouldn't. Probably also, Dan, you're gonna it, say Greggy? He'd probably just look at him. And yeah, be like, what? yeah, and and and, and he he actually was given. <laughs> it's funny. He was actually given a heads up that I do that. So he oh, really? he had actually asked me about it. Um, and I, I'm assuming somebody on the staff last year's staff. I don't know if it's um, Shay or Savage, but they they both know uh, Greg Gary pretty well. So I don't know if it's one of those two that kind of give him a heads up on it. I'm gonna say Dan Earl. Okay. Uh, Dan used to play at Penn State. Head coach VMI. Uh, fairly fairly large man. Um, not pageant six eight whatever, but uh, he's played at Penn State. Then you take a look at he's been at Navy and he's been at VMI. Mm. So I feel like that that you know not really wanting to let you tap out type deal. <laughs> I feel like that that's where I would go with the guy that would make me probably nervous. Um, no no offense to. You know, Macaulay or Richie. Yeah, I'm not afraid of that. Dugger? I'm not afraid of Dugger. No, I'm not afraid of Dugger. Yeah. Not, uh, Are you Prosser, challenging not, Dugger not, to a fight? That's kind no, of what it no, sounds no, like. No, not afraid. I'm not afraid of Dugger. No, not Prosser, no. I mean, I just, again, I don't, I don't know the Sanford guy yet. Uh, I mean, other than, than the name and where he came from, I've yet to, to see him or interact with him. So, uh, no opinion on that one. With yet. all his uh, championship I mean, rings from high school, he's probably got uh, eight, nine, ten of them. I think he won eight of the last nine titles in that yeah. state. He just put them on like Tom Brady's Super Bowl rings. Your yeah. guy, Tom Brady. He's not my guy. He's not my guy. All right, well, we'll talk about that later. Okay. All right, yeah, so uh, I will say this. We did look it up. Uh, The Bubbleville in Connecticut is actually going to tip at 9 a.m. The Bonnies of St. Bonaventure and the Towson, Trey Adams, Towson Tigers. Let me just say while you've got that tournament pulled up, the Mohegan, because that's the Mohegan Sun, uh, I have never been more sure that our bubble proposal here at ETSU was not going to happen. Uh, like I was sure when I saw the Mohegan Suns proposal and all the things they were doing. I worked on that committee for the bubble here at ETSU, and boy, did we work hard, and boy, did we want it to happen. But then I saw the proposal for the Mohegan Sun, and I guess I would say I'm not shocked that that one is happening and this one isn't. <laughs> Just going to throw may, that out. may have to talk about that off air. All right, what's up, for a timeout? Sandus and a sidekick back finally with you. More after this timeout from the Buccaneers Sports Network. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Brightridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Brightridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? He texted me at 2 in the morning. Please, the number 4, Ivory? And he never brought it up again. So, middle of the day on Wednesday, he sent me munch, no, no, from, from, no, and a punctuation ever. He's got to have letters missing from his keyboard. I'm still trying to figure that one out, bro. The back end of two basketball games and a football game in the same weekend, it was a 6 a.m. email that said, Shoe Runs Mo World. Curls, which either meant who runs the world girls, that Beyonce song, or was just a terrible shoe joke. (laughs) 
Well, it's not quite Jano's English language, though we will. You're, you're wrap pretty up. proud of that whole intro, I can tell. We will wrap up the segment with one specific tweet. I don't know if it was a tweet or text. I don't technically remember, but uh, that was in this category of Jano's English language. I'm just going to call this a slightly modified version of Jano's English language called "Working with Jay Sandoz in a Pandemic." But this felt a lot like kind of the focus being on you for things that it's more of a behind the scenes look at Jay Sandoz so that's why we had to go with this bumper and also because I just do love the bumper and this being kind of the Jay Sandoz lounge with the music in the background so what we're going to do in this segment is go through tweets and texts that I've gotten from Jay the ones that we can read at least there are a couple on this list I might omit uh, actually now that I'm thinking about it uh that I've gotten from middle of March, because that's when we left the office, right about middle of March. We came back in uh, early August, but we haven't had sports during that time. So I'd like to think the delusion has gone a little farther with Sandoz than it usually is. Uh, let's start with March 28th. Got a uh, tweet from Kyle Colvett, who's a big, huge fan, big yeah, ETSU yeah. buck backer. Uh, and so you inboxed that tweet to me, and it said, Chattanooga announces three grad transfers. Lamont says these guys show great teamwork and can really share the ball. Of course, talking about Lamont Paris, the head coach at Chattanooga. And it's a picture of uh, Joe Exotic from Tiger King and I believe his two lovers. You shared that one. His, his triple marriage. <laughs> That's a Chattanooga grad transfer. I mean, that is so- if you are not a fan of, uh, you know, poking fun of another team uh, while using pictures and memes, I don't understand why you're not here. I mean, why are you on Twitter if you're not a fan of that? Yeah, I mean, it was – pretty solid and, and, and no talk about quarantine and the pandemic would be complete without a tiger kid reference because that was sure. really the first thing that started to get people through it was uh it it was one of the so i basically only send anything to you if it literally would would make me react the bar is high and so a lot of times people in the office and i think you test this they're like they know it's funny if i laugh like Correct. they may think it's funny but if i laugh it, it's really good because I, re- I like to live in a world where I'm the funniest person to me. Right. And so you have to do something I think that, that I think I can come up with that's funny. And Kyle did that with that tweet. Those, Congratulations, Kyle. Those three transfers, uh, Mark Tikahenko, Tikahenko mm-hmm. uh, Josh Ianni, and Darius Banks, by the way. Uh, not, not Joe, Joe Zodic. Zodic and okay. his lovers at the altar. Uh, March 29th, you sent me a picture of your backdrop. That you found from, you said it was like 10 years ago, ETSU foam fingers and ETSU flag. If anybody watched the game time tour, the virtual game time tour, um, and a matter of fact, we did some of our alumni audio conversations in front of these backdrops as well. We ended up just doing audio versions of those rather than the Zooms, but you would have seen Jay Sandoz's background with the two ETSU foam fingers and the E, and then I being the number two in this department to you was like, well, if he's doing it, I've got to make my own. But mine was not pre-created. Uh, I did not have one just lying around because I haven't been voicing the Bucks for 20 years. Uh, so I had to create one uh, in my room on top of my dresser with ETSU clothes, a letterman's jacket, some flags, a couple of folders, pretty much everything I've gotten during my grad program and then swag that I've gotten from here. Um, I felt a little put off by the fact that I had to do that because you just had one laying around. Well, I also had the piping, too, that I could uh, Yeah, it was like a full yeah. backdrop. It was yeah. unbelievable. It was solid. It's right? like you just wheeled it out of a closet and put it behind everything. That, while I was in front of my dresser making this janky, disgusting 
Probably unwashed so, clothes, if we're honest. So what, what you'll love about that is the, the part of that backdrop is when we used to theme the New Year's Eve parties at my house. My wife would theme them every year. Mm. And so then it would be a different banner on the piping. So it, it, just, it has been, like, not used for a while. So it was it was put in good use, and then after about a week now, you know, we did all those for like three or four weeks. Yes. My wife was over it the first week. Like, she was proud of, like, hey, we could do this. And after that, I was like, right, can we take this down? Can we take this down? Can we take this down? And I'm like, well, we're sort of not allowed to work, and we need to get all these, you know, things done. So, no, we're not going to be able to take it down. I- I'm going to show you this Darren Ravel tweet, and I don't think that I'm going to go into this one too much. But you remember this one from April 18th where Joe Buck was being offered a very large amount of money by an uh, unnamed website. Let's just say a suspect site, and you, you can go from there. Yeah, to announce some very unscrupulous things on said he, t- he turned it down, though. They offered him a million. Well, if you wanted to... What, what did I say I would do it for? I think you I'm said sure like that's a hundredth of the money. Yeah, sure. Something sure. just absurd. I mean, you know, they offered nine figures. You know, I just need like four figures or something. I mean, you've always known your worth, and so I'm, uh, I'm pretty impressed <laughs> exactly by the fact right. that, uh, that you still do. Uh, Andrew Brandt from April 25th, and Andrew Brandt, uh, I believe, noted sports agent, mm-hmm. if memory yes. serves. Uh, my favorite undrafted free agent story ever. Negotiated with a player directly, no agent. Told him we had a deal. Bonus would be $1,000. He said, and in parentheses, no joke, Mr. Brandt, I only have 200 now, but I promise <laughs> I will bring the rest when I get there. No, I he, said, no, no, we pay you. He was a, no, he's not a, he was a GM. A but, GM but, at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, Brandt was a GM, and he... <laughs> the guy didn't have an agent, right? So he calls some undrafted friend. Let's say a, just a, a, a linebacker or, or whatever position. He, he calls an ETSU player, didn't get drafted, says, hey, you know, we, we'd like to bring in, you know, we're going to, we're gonna, you know, it's only $1,000, but I hope you want to come. Well, I've only got 200 sir. I'll have the, the, the other 800 <laughs> No, 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 son. We pay you. We pay you. Yes, that is solid. Uh, you, you definitely enjoyed that one. And, Mark, that one, as you said, failed down. Oh. I thought that was uh, pretty good. Uh, April 20, I believe it was the 26th. No, it's actually 20th. I'm going to rewind a week. You sent me a video of you playing with your kids, and it looked like you ruptured your Achilles <laughs> pushing someone <laughs> yeah. on a swing. Your child on a swing. No, 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 it's a zipline. Oh, it's a zipline. Okay. I, the video's kind of blurry, uh. so I couldn't really tell. You looked like you stepped in like we a need kind to, of mini you, hole you need to and share blew that. out your Achilles. That, that needs to be on Twitter at some point. I really yeah. Really uh, yes, yeah, so, so uh, now for about a day I couldn't walk, but I have now my nickname. As many people would have, they would have been a huge baseball fan back in the day and listening to issue baseball. I was dainty ankles, <laughs> and so it fits the theme. If you see uh, the way that the right foot, ankle, whatever, maybe I don't even know left foot, whatever it was, but it was uh, ugly. I was down. Uh, I finished uh, zip lining with the kids and then uh, couldn't move the next day. But uh, 24 hours after that, I was fine. Recovery. It looked Dainty horrible. ankles. It looked disgusting. Like, almost like the Dak Prescott. Ne- ne- next time we have an ETSU player break somebody's ankles, we'll just tweet that out. Got it. Uh, I sent you a picture of, and this is the only one that I initiated. All of these are from Jay to me, aside from this So clearly one. Mike hates me, but I like Mike. That's <laughs> I what I've learned. S- I sent you a picture of uh, Orange Cassidy. Remember, oh, yeah. uh, one, of my, one of my buddies had uh, a, a child that loved wrestling, loved Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, one of our favorite wrestlers from AEW, All yeah, Elite Wrestling. Sure. As I said, I kind of got out of the habit of watching wrestling when there was no fans. I haven't watched All Elite Wrestling either. Doesn't sound like you have either. I need more time to scroll down. Just say something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I love Orange Cassidy. My 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 son, uh, I try to get him to do the talent show as Orange Cassidy because uh, one of my boys, if you just put glasses and a jacket on him, looks looks that. pretty much like well, Orange I, if Cassidy. If one of them looks like it, I'm pretty sure the I, other does. I, They're twins. They are not identical. They're not identical? Oh, my they goodness. They look oh, completely th- this identical guy, to me. This guy. Really? Yeah, not even close. Really? Yeah. They look like identical twins to me. Right. I've often asked you how you tell them apart. It's, because they're not identical. <laughs> you need to tweet out a picture of your kids too, okay. so people can okay. see we'll that these children look absolutely the, like the the, the, the the one that doesn't do the box jumping. Is they are the, twins, though, right? They, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I know I'm not crazy. Seven minutes apart. That is correct. Okay. Uh, this is a, a strange one. More along the beaten path of what we do on this show. The situation at Austin P. Mark Hutchspeth yes. just randomly stepping down and, and then tying that in later about two or three months later scotty hobson going from i believe it was southern miss who's on like their third coach of the season to take the austin p job that is a completely odd weird mess not only austin p itself but then also down at southern miss yeah just the again if something happened during covid right or somebody left and it was the weird Resign like there was a you know out of the blue maybe a suspension or without pay for a week or something, and then just a full resignation. Very odd how all of that went down. And yes, Southern Miss and of course we have a uh, Stephen May who's our video coordinator works Southern Miss and he has four stories about things that happened down at Southern Miss, so it doesn't shock us. Yeah, that, he gave a that, chuckle when I told him that they're on their third head coach. Yes, and, and so that, that you know, even back from the Larry Eustachy days and stuff, they've had Donnie Tindall days. They've had some stuff go on uh, at basketball and football, actually. But, yeah, the Mark uh, Headspeth, head scratcher that went in the middle of the year, I that w- because there was so much talk. He just got coach of the year. They went the furthest there have been in the playoffs, and there was no mention. I don't believe there's still been a mention of what happened other than he was suspended without pay. Hey, by the way, he's going to leave. And I mean, like, a pretty young guy, I mean, 52 years old. He, like, and and he's won older. everywhere. He he had uh, he was let go at uh, Louisiana just because he got into it with boosters, not because he wasn't winning. He just got into it with boosters. And then next thing you know, Headspeth, you know, gone. And, and I, I've not looked up recently, but we did scour the interwebs there for a long time trying to figure out what in the world was going a on. A little bit more recently, uh, Saturday Down South had an article, and it appears that Hudspeth had been suspended by the school prior to his resignation. Yeah. It was scheduled to run from June 17th to July 10th, and he didn't receive any compensation during that time. Um, they had to halt all athletic activities. Yeah, with COVID, I mean, everybody's had to do that, it seems like. So but I, I think that's all anybody knows. I believe there are clauses in his contract that says were violated. So it was a sticky situation, no yeah, doubt. But, but, but you're right. I mean, okay. there was no hotter I, team last year I, to come from nowhere than Austin P. Well, I mean, husband. the turnaround he did at uh, Louisiana Lafayette or just Louisiana now at the FBS level. And then what he was able to do at Austin P. took both programs to levels they've never seen before. In, in very short times, and he's left you know, both universities because basically he had a tiff with donors at Louisiana, and whatever happened, again, we don't know what the suspension was, and I get like, well, if you're going to suspend me over something, I feel violated, and to go hold my money, maybe I just need to leave, but still, he's got, that's two very odd ways to leave an athletic department that I, that, you know, is there smoke, there fire? Uh, you know, is it 
is it eventually it's not you, it's me, or I, I don't know. But, yes, that, that one that was more shocking because, again, at that time I don't believe we've canceled the football season. We were supposed to play Austin P. And, of course, ETSU was one of the few blemishes on Austin P's 11-win season from uh, the previous year. So I, I find that interesting. One of my favorites, and we've got so much Sandos we ran out of music, I'm going to try and pull it back up here in a second, uh, because it's like a 12-minute bumper, and I figured we would never need more than that for Jano's English language. But uh, this is a special version where we're going through uh, exactly what it's like working with Jay Sandos during the pandemic. Probably my favorite one that you sent me the entire quarantine, all you know, eight months, or I guess I should say sportless season for uh, you, me, and ETSU Athletics. Uh, Doc Sander behind a tree, hugging his <laughs> golf club about 75 yards. Uh, Martin, the men's tennis coach here, uh, passed that along. I don't know if that was to you or if it was on Twitter. I, I didn't see it. it. It's, it's still it out there on, on Twitter. Twitter. It, 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 Twitter. Well, now, now they edit it because they had to figure out how to take um, some, some verbal stuff out of it. <laughs> so I, the, the little background, <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. It it's so so Doc Sander actually was playing with uh, Martin Stegwitz, our tennis coach, and Mike Smith, former NFL head coach, sure. ETSU linebacker. And so he, I think, was even par through the first, you know, five, six holes. And then he got behind this tree. And being the true golfer he is, he played it from behind the tree now. He he didn't toe wedge it, didn't take, you know, the old, uh, you know, relief from the tree. I mean, he's leaning up against the tree, and he hits it, and obviously doesn't go well. And then there's there's a word, well, there's about four-word combination. I don't think I can say Probably um, can't. Even, even not on air, I'm not sure I could say oh, wow. it and, and sound right. And then he takes like a step or two, and then there's the, the, the helicopter chunk throw, oh, and so the good. club outflies the ball by at least 50 yards. I mean, it's incredible. That's uh, July 27th. Martin Stewart at Coach Stewart. We like to apologize, everybody. At if you want to find it. At the Blackthorn, we would like to apologize for everyone that was. Witness to uh, this this one out. It's so relatable too. I, uh, I, I golfed last weekend and I had pars on five of the first eight holes, and for me that's incredible. And then I ended up averaging like a six and a half the last ten holes. So, like so, I, I can feel that club throw in my bones. The Global Sports Leadership Group actually somebody did redid the video and they did the blue tracer like they do Fox with the golf ball oh, with the club. It's that's phenomenal. So good. They should put that out. I don't think this is news, so we can talk about it now. Uh, but at the time, I'm not sure people were aware, uh, we texted back and forth about Trey Mitchell and yes. the fact that he is no longer at uh, at ETSU. And I, I asked you where he transferred. I think I needed it for some administrative purpose or whatever, and I hadn't remembered where he transferred. And then we brought up Cam Lewis to see if we had figured out if he had gone anywhere. Uh, that was just a brief conversation on August 7th, but maybe a good chance to touch on ETSU football. Yeah, because those were two guys that took snaps at quarterback, and this year there's four guys vying for snaps. The only one that would have saw action would have been Tyler Rydell, uh, a.k.a. the mayor, and then Cade Weldon back with ETSU, uh, and then a couple newcomers, Brock Landis, the, the JUCO out of Texas, and then I think a kid, at least locally, nobody needs to, to know uh, or at least familiar with. And Kate Larkins, who uh, played at David Crockett High School, all four of those guys got significant snaps in the scrimmage that they did. Uh, the stats are online if you want to go look those up. But uh, I think of note, Tyler Rydell took the first team snaps. Now I don't know what that means moving forward, but um, he was able to move the team down the field 
and punch it in. And, I, you know, the team worked a lot on throwing the football and catching the football, and that was mainly because in a scrimmage they didn't play Quay Holmes, which, I mean, why, why would you want him to take unnecessary hits at this point? You know what he's going to give you. They didn't play Jacob Sailors. And the, a new tailback, freshman kid, you'll hear a lot of Bryson Irby. And so those three uh, did play Nate Atkins. Lee tight end didn't play as well. So they got a lot of uh, – you know, they did play all the receivers that were healthy. I think uh, no Keith Coffey um, in that one. But everybody else uh, that was a receiver, no Macho Arza, the freshman, too. So they were still missing some weapons, but ETSU was able to, to throw it around a lot. Now, for Trey Mitchell, he transferred, if I'm not mistaken, to Carson Newman. Uh, and I think. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Yeah, I think I, I almost positive he went to Carson Newman, which is an option school. I don't know if you saw Trey Mitchell, but it doesn't. It does not say option football to me. And in Cam Lewis, we think was Savannah State. Uh, okay, I've still I still not been able to I, I locate think, myself. I think we, uh, I think we try to discover it was Savannah State, okay. but I'm not positive. But anyways, both those guys are gone. But yes, uh, when you look at our, uh, all the quarterback situation last year, four quarterbacks. We'll see how it shakes out. Right when school was getting back in session, right about August 17th uh, across the country, uh, the Daily Tar Heel had I do remember what this we one. can only describe as one of the greatest, most honest, and at this point, it's, it's a little sad too, but it gave us a laugh at the time because they were very blunt in their criticism of the university. The Daily Tar Heel, of course, I, I believe the student-run newspaper at North Carolina, uh, Chapel Hill. UNC has a cluster bleep on its hands. Say a cluster bleep, and, and that, and that is the the huge headline. And this wasn't a spoof. This was actually front page. Oh, front page of opinion, at least. Now, I would assume a student newspaper is being led by the opinion section. I'm thinking that's what's gonna move the needle. Uh, it certainly mean, did for us. <laughs> well, it, if you look at the hits on the website of what that did, uh, and the national news it made, it, this made national. This wasn't just a, a, a one-off thing that I just stumbled upon. This this was a national. Story, but yes, we, we chuckled at a student paper saying what most probably student papers wish they could say on a consistent basis. Yeah, I think at that point there had already been like 500 cases identified in like the week that they had been back on campus or something. Like, uh, students obviously not very happy. Uh, speaking of Tom Brady, you mentioned that at the uh, tail end of the segment in our first segment here on season three premiere of Santa's Sidekick. Leonard Fournette tweeted. Hey, guys, quick update. Met a new friend at Tom Brady and also have a great coach at Bruce Arians. And it's that video of the two kids running to each other on the sidewalk and giving each other a big hug with Brady's head and his jersey, as a matter of fact, on the back, number 12 in Buccaneer colors, and then Fournette with his head uh, superimposed onto uh, the body of the other child. And Bruce Arians is walking like 100 feet behind. It the is. fact that the time was taken to get Arians uh, in, in that tweet. This is September 4th, Leonard Fournette's Twitter. This is right after Fournette, um, I believe, signed with uh, yeah, Bay. After yes. he was, it, it was unexpectedly by Jackson. Right. It was the next day after he had signed that that. Just funny that you enjoy that tweet. Very funny since Tom Brady isn't your guy. Tom Brady so, isn't so. my guy, but if you did you not enjoy that? Yeah, oh, it was great. Well, okay, I don't, my understand. Guy, so I don't understand. He's okay. my guy, so I, of course I enjoy it. Uh, you sent me Matt Waldman's tweet. Here's the 346-team bracket. This is September 13th. I created using last year's net rankings to see the teams that would be eligible this season. And obviously, yes, did hurt our eyes a little bit, Matt Walden. But some, some very good work. I believe ETSU was a three-seed. Men's basketball, of course, yes. a three-seed yeah. in that. Big fan of uh, that. 
346-team bracket. I did wonder, was that just off of the net rankings from last year, or was that a projection from this year? Because if it's a projection from this year, I might be feeling uh, tremendous about the No, it, 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 was, it, was, it was last year, and, okay. th- and this was fresh off the Mike Krzyzewski, everybody getting the tournament. Correct. So he had taken the time to literally figure out how to make that work with, a, with an actual bracket. Uh, this was September 21st, right after one of the... And this uh, is brilliant. No, no, no. This is a, that one's next. That's, that's not yet. Oh. You're looking at what I'm looking at on Twitter. You texted me this one. Uh, NFL teams entering Sunday since turnovers were first tracked in 1933. Teams were 440 and 0 when scoring 39 points with no turnovers. And the team, to change that stat to 440 and 1... Much to my surprise at the time, not so much to my surprise right now. The only thing that is surprising about it was that it took them so long to fire Dan Quinn. The Atlanta Falcons, that's when they lost to, as it turns out, to be a very hapless Dallas Cowboy team. The Atlanta Falcons find new ways to disappoint, and that was a new one. When you're 440-0, and and then you hang the only L on that. Weren't they up like 20 in that game? Oh, it was 24. To 24. Yeah. And that was not the only time. Oh, you know, it may have been 31. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. the only time they blew a big fourth quarter lead. I think they did so the next week or two weeks after. They were up like 16 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, to the Bears, to uh, your, your boy, Nick Foles. Yes, my guy, Nick Foles. Uh, Miami Dolphins tweeted on September 24th. You shared it with me on Twitter. Legend in all capital letters. And this is what I picture you being like if you are a professional football player. Like if your life would have taken a different path and you weren't sitting next to me, but instead on TV as a middling NFL quarterback. Um, I think this is what you would look like. Ryan Fitzpatrick is wearing, like, soccer sweatpants, and I don't even know how to describe this shirt. It's like Hawaiian, but if Paisley, Hawaiian maybe? was not Paisley, I don't know. You, you have, I believe my wife is very into fashion. So that doesn't mean I am. Uh, well, but you, <laughs> if you picked up Paisley, you're doing pretty good. It's like Technicolor. Uh, it's really unbelievable. Unbutton, like, three buttons. And there is so much chest hair that it does indeed match the beard. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is definitely your spirit animal of the NFL. Yeah, Fitz is my guy. First of all, I think it was last year he had a, the the monster game where he had like the five touchdown passes, and I believe uh, he stole. I can't remember what wide receiver it was, but he stole one of his wide receivers' outfits. And he walked. Yes, I do yeah, he walked out with uh, the <laughs> pants, the jacket, no shirt, huge chains, and a hat on. And then of course, oh God, it was a wide receiver. And then he, uh, the wide receiver, kind of walks up like, "Bro, what? <laughs> He's just wearing a towel. He's like, what are you doing wearing my stuff?" So it's just, fit. I mean, if nothing else, I like Fitz because obviously he he enjoys and he kind of understands where he is. But playing off the chest hair. Uh, as a guy who has uh, plenty of chest hair to give to everybody, I, I'm a huge fan of that. Interlude to the music, because on October 2nd, Wes Blankenship, who I believe does a podcast for uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, very popular on Twitter, uh, had a pretty good rendition of high school football radio announcers in your town. Okay, call for down, tied 6-6 to at Brick Valley in the second quarter, and they are driving on us in this rain. I mean, it is a real cut of buster. They throw across the middle, it's tipped and picked off by Nacho Davis. Nacho throws a forearm in the quarterback and tosses him in the mud, and Nacho's gone. Gosh almighty, I do not like that ball security, though. Nacho carrying the ball with one hand for the last 20 yards there as he crossed the goal line. You must have seen that in the NFL or something. Coach Wallace in his ear hole now. You think you're on Monday Night Football? Get ready for some Monday Night Bear Crawls. I don't know if it's the rain or if I just wet my britches, but I 
segments where we usually go over broadcasting, and I don't even remember the segment. It's been so long. Uh, Crows versus Jays. That's right. I don't even remember the, the segment that we do. Uh, but that there is was, so good. There's, oh, I've listened market to Market it. and Wolf Witherspoon, the names that he had, and Market Market has got to be my favorite. I mean, that is phenomenal. Yeah, the, the thick ankle was a good one, too. As a, a whole body experience. <laughs> as, the, as a man with da- dainty yeah, ankles. Yeah, as a man with dainty ankles. I like the thick ankles. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, lick an envelope battery. Yes. It's always pretty so good. good. Yeah, there was several. He, he's done several other things that I've enjoyed. He, he breaks those out occasionally. But, yes, the when he does the high school football or basketball or whatever it is, I, I watch those. He sucks me in every time that. He puts those together. Absolutely phenomenal. Genius. And I have a feeling more than a few listeners that listen to high school football around the area have exactly an idea of what West Blankenship is going for. Uh, I promise we're almost done with this. October 29th, as you're seeing, we're getting closer and closer uh, to the actual date that we're at. What is it today? November 20th. Brandon Cout, former ETSU football player. D-tackle. So you sent me a YouTube link to uh, his fight against a very notable name, speaking of wrestling uh, jake hager who used to be jack swagger in the wwe we the people and all that um about a 250 260 pounder and these guys just slugged on each other for all three rounds and then poor, he got poor brandon did not know that there was not a fourth and fifth <laughs> round he said i, I thought we were four, four and five rounds. now that's only championship fights brandon and he thought he won you and me thought he won too but long story short for etsu fans he is now a mma uh, fighter and Quite the impressive and aggressive MMA fighters. Yeah, he, he played back in the, the mid-90s, uh, early 2000s. And so he actually played a couple years with the Steelers, uh, more on the practice squad and game squad. But still, three years uh, credited NFL action for Brandon Cowton from uh, Kingsport. I believe he went to Dobbins Bennett High School. Now he's actually lives in southwest Virginia. And just in the past year and a half picked up MMA fighting. So he's fairly new to the game. And Actually took the fight late, got a, a TV primetime prelim on national television on Fox FS2 or whatever that is, uh, and uh, he made more of an impression even though he, he, he took the loss. There was He got hit below the belt, and they, you know, they allowed five minutes to recover, and about ten seconds into it, he dropped a few words you shouldn't drop on TV and said, you know, let's do it, I don't yeah. care. And so that made the rounds of MMA people that just like, I love that guy. And then when it made the rounds at the end of the fight, he's asking what happened in the fourth and fifth round. And I had to tell him this isn't a title fight. And he goes, well, hey, ask that guy if he still wants to fight more. And so those two things have he's He honestly may have a shot at getting a contract on some other things just, just because of that. But Scott Carter, our athletic director, has long been on the record that if he had to be in a dark alley and have any one teammate ever with him, he has said Brandon Cowton many years before this fight took place. And so now after watching that fight, I concur. 
Just search Bellator 250 on YouTube and you'll find it if you do want to see what we're talking about because it was definitely worth my time. I watched all, you know, 15, it, 20 minutes of it. If you don't want to like watch the, it all. The minute thir- or the hour 30 mark roughly. Yeah, right? yeah, it, it, uh, the fight starts about 90 minutes into yeah. it, but 30 seconds to go in the second round, if nothing else, seeing the right he lands uh, at that point is at least worth watching. And finally, much more fitting with this segment, you texted me November 9th, I'm down in Thailand. I am down in Thailand. <laughs> what is that, a dialed in? Something? What does that mean? I, I don't, I have no I di- clue. I you dialed, me. I I dialed the tie line. That's what that is. I dialed tie line. I'm down in Thailand. Yeah, yeah, I dialed the tie line. How do you not know what that means? Uh, I'm down in that, Thailand. Clear, if you ask any broadcaster, if you're down in Thailand, they're like, oh, yeah, I dialed in the tie line. Like, they know what that is. Like, oh, you're, a you're not a broadcaster. Take your word for it, even though it's completely out. It's out of context by you. That is working with Jay Sandos in a pandemic. Jay knows the English language, closing it out. Look forward to many, many more segments like this on Sandos and the Sidekick. Season 3, I guess when we're back, we should probably talk about what things are going to look like in Season 3. Yeah, we can we okay. talk about Season 3, but uh, before we time. end that segment, I, I just want to say what I've learned from this segment is that I'm fun to work with, and you're not. Because <laughs> you sent me, like, one thing, so I don't understand. Well, here's, this is a one-way relationship. I don't understand what's going on Here's here. the flip side of it. Uh, you wouldn't have saved all these and compiled them for the show, where I definitely have gone on a way to do that. You showcased your hilarity, so I think you owe me a thanks. That's a weird way of looking at that, but yeah, that's fair. Well, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll myself. give you that. No, no, that's PR fair. here, right? We got to spin. It's fair. All right, what are we going to preview season three after this timeout? Here, word, Sanderson's sidekick. Somewhere out there, math teacher's school loans were forgiven, allowing her to focus on paying it forward, not back. Somewhere out there, a parent is breathing easier, knowing their child's college education will cost a little less. Somewhere out there. Scholarship just helped a student open the door to a brighter future. And they all have players like you to thank for the five and a half billion dollars raised for education. Because every time someone plays the Tennessee Lottery, education wins. The Tennessee Education Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun. Can you not be excited? Santos and the sidekick are, are back. Bumpers. This is the most Mike Gallagher has smiled in eight months. That is absolutely correct. I mean, he's, so he's been taking gut punches. Uh, they've canceled tournaments. They've not done sports. Taco Bell's changed the menu. I mean, there's true. so many things going on in Mike Gallagher that he's taken loss after loss after loss. It's been a rough eight months. We, we get a win, and then we're going to go. So, Santos sidekick season three. Uh, it's it's going to be different because everything else is different. And they're jamming all the seasons and stuff in the spring. And so one adjustment is we're probably not going to be able to uh, do the three shows a week, which is disappointing, uh, just because jobs and other things that uh, need to be covered during this time, especially not so much right now, November. February, March, in, April. In but once we get into late January, February, March, April, it's just, it, it's just going to be very tough to – to do and hopefully again we we'll go back into the world uh, sports world take shape next year what you're used to I think we'll be able to go back three shows and, and be able to execute that at a high level so we are going to do some things um, different but our segments that we'll be able to keep the same we're obviously going to keep bold predictions even though you tried to kill it because <laughs> I keep winning and we need to keep doing that and I'm uh, 0-1-1 uh, if we I, go to 1-1-1 one, one, and one, 
do I, regardless of like, say there's a you know another opportunity somewhere or whatever, regardless of that, do I have to say I'm sorry, I have to stay. I'm one one and one. We got to break the tie. So you same with you. you I mean, I'm you know well, you, you, you had a job. I'm possible gonna, other opportunity. You're getting fired from the show. You got a new job. Are I you will considering never, all of I it? I will never put it past myself to get fired from something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll keep both predictions. We're obviously going to talk a lot of ETSU men's and women's basketball. Come ETSU football, those shows are going to get really jammed up because we're going to have basketball for about two or three weeks. If you haven't taken a look at the schedule, uh, and if you're probably listening to the show, I would assume that you're very in tune with ETSU athletics. But February 20th is the football opener. As you know, Southern Conference Tournament, generally early March, assuming that tournament goes on as planned. Then you've got two weeks of overlap there for uh, football and well three weeks really there's only two free TSU football because the schedule change has the bye week and week two free TSU football but there's going to be a lot of conversation about that as well with men's basketball women's basketball probably sneak in some stuff about the top 25 mid-major top 25 as we have in the past and um, the uh, FCS top 25 I'm trying to think of other segments that we've done I heard a lot from coaches in the past uh, formerly Steve Forbes uh, who, unfortunately, <laughs> the worst thing about him being gone is I can't use his, his sounders anymore. Uh, that is really depressing. Yeah, CSD Forbes, unfortunately. But I uh, can't use his sounders anymore, so I'm going to clear those out, get some of Jason Shea and Randy Sanders. We're probably going to cut down, though, on the coach audio, I would assume, because really we're just repurposing press conferences, post-game sound. You can find that audio other places. Right. And, if I, there's something we have to cut. Right. It, you know, probably, you know, Coaches show audio, press conference audio, post game audio, that'll probably go because we we certainly want to give you our thoughts and and again I, I think people like hearing our thoughts and opinions uh, on the games, on the leagues, on other things. We'll recap games, we'll preview games. You know, we get the football. You know, normally we try to talk to the opposing coach, opposing play by play guy, just depending on the week. We we may get. You know, once basketball's over, it might be a little easier to get some of that in. But we'll try to preview all of that stuff, jam it in, try to get as much recap and previews of games we'll get going. And then if we have time to do, um, you know, some fun segments here and there, pros versus Jays or uh, English language or uh, – I mean, certainly we'll, we'll get, do some of that. Yeah, we'll do okay. some. Uh, you know, it won't be as often. We'll be able to, to pick and choose when we, you know, fail downs, you know. Pro- oh, you know. fail downs. Gosh, I forgot about fail yeah, downs. So we just did a whole segment about basically fail downs. Right. Wow. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be able to get fail downs in weekly. I mean, basically we're going to try to stack the show as much um, basketball game related early, basketball football later, football at the very end. Um, and, and try to fill from there. But obviously when we get into weeks where there's just, you know, we only got a couple shows, there's four games, you know, either to recap or talk about or whatever. I mean, we'll certainly try to – and we, we will talk about Southern Conference too. We won't oh, no, just no, be no, – no, as no. we always are, we're, yes. we're, we're not blinders of just uh, ETSU going on. We'll, we'll check around the league and storylines and other things. As a matter of fact, I don't want to close the door as well on, you know, athletes from around – the university coming sure. and talk. We've had Patrick, we've had Austin Herrick. I've already talked to Quay Holmes about coming on during football season. This year player last year, uh, too. This year play, yes, this year player was on the show a lot. Uh, we'll find a guy from basketball to come on, too. So uh, we're going to do some of that as well. Um, but talking about the Southern Conference on Monday, our next show, we're going to be talking pretty much exclusively Southern Conference, women's basketball and men's basketball breakdowns, top to bottom. Obviously, start to break down ETSU men's and women's basketball specifically, but then look at the Southern Conference as a whole as well. I've had that ready for like 
two or three weeks. You've been studying up on it as well. That's been one of the nice parts. There's not a lot of nice parts of the pandemic and quarantine and everything. We have had some time to prepare for what we've got going. We so probably could set up our first contest that we've ever done in which they could get, you know, the merch, work on our merchandise. <laughs> So we, we, yes. we, we could try to Our get the, that's right, that's right. we could try to get some merch. We'll have uh, everyone do their Southern Commerce predictions, too. And uh, the, the winner, the ultimate winner, can get some merch. Only one show next week. Sign headshot. Monday, because you're going to be in Florida on Friday. So that's our next show, Sam's from the Psychic. And then it's two times a week, every week, for the rest of our lives. For the rest of our lives? We're back, baby. Send a psychic. Woo! Buggy Network.